Good morning and welcome. I'm Paul, host of the new PNL. I'm very grateful you've taken the time to join us today. This week, rather than running the new PNL to the point as we normally do on a Friday, we've got a very special bonus episode. Uh, we're speaking to William Moore, serial entrepreneur, speaker, host, life coach, and creator of Moore's Momentum and your five cause methodology. After exiting his home food delivery startup for a nine figure sum in 2019, Will has made it his mission to help others become the entrepreneurs of the most important business they'll ever run, their lives. His system combines universal principles with an accountability system to help people eliminate their failure habits and replace them with success habits in each of their five core areas. So Will, a very warm welcome to the new PNL. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Paul, so much for having me. I'm super psyched to be here, man. My pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, you're founder of More Momentum, but you've also got a very rich entrepreneurial history that's taken you, taken you to this point. So I think it'd be great to start the podcast by just understanding a little bit more about that entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, it's, yeah, so... My entrepreneurial journey started right after the real estate crash of 2000 in, in the US anyways, I'm sure it affected you guys as well, yeah. but the real estate slash stock market crash 2007. Um, I was selling real estate and we went from just selling like gangbusters like anybody in real estate because anybody in the world could get approved for a loan. This is back when I don't know how it was in the UK, but in the US, at least it was like, if you just said you made a certain amount of money, it was called stated income, right. then they believed you and you could, and anybody and anybody could buy. So, you know, that was, that was a broken system that was bound to catch up with itself. So it did. And in the meantime, when I was selling land, it was, I was actually selling land with this company called Florida Land Partners. And we would be stuck in the office for literally 12 to 15 hours where the phones were ringing off the hook when things were good with real estate of people calling and wanting to buy these properties that we had. And we couldn't leave. I mean, it was, I was lucky to get a bathroom break. And so, you know, the office, um, our human resources lady would order us food and, you know, we would, we would basically just have pizza or Chinese and that was it. And I was a healthy guy at the time, still am, and was working out and trying to stay fit. And it was like, there's no other option but pizza and Chinese, which was like, you know, for years and years, that's how it had been. It was like, you can order pizza, you can order Chinese, no other places to deliver. And so when the real estate market came to an abrupt halt, I'd already been thinking about this idea. And I said, this is it, I'm going to do it. Meanwhile, all these condos were going up in Florida, in Orlando, where I was living, just tons of buildings. And I'm like, all these people need to eat. Nobody wants to get in the elevator, go out, pick up sushi. You know, girls are doing their hair, their makeup. They don't want to, you know, so I just decided this is it. This is what I want to start. And this was like 12, so again, the four, so going about 14 years mm -hmm. before Uber, before Grubhub, before DoorDash, any of those guys were, were around. Um, I said, I want to do this. And so I grabbed my best friend who I worked with at the at the Florida Land Partners. And I said, do you want to do this? He said, no. He said, I don't think there's enough money in it. Um, and then he slowly started realizing that there wasn't any money in real estate anymore either. And he's like, ah, screw it. Let's do it. So he joined me and that was the start of doorstep delivery. And how long did that run for? So we sold, we officially exited in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, but about three, three years before that we merged with another company called bite squad. 
out of Minneapolis, when we saw the huge competitors coming in, like, so when the Grubhubs and the DoorDash and the Uber Eats, you know, started coming in with their billions of dollars, we realized our mom and pop operation. Although we did grow, we, we expanded into 19 branches around the country. So we were the largest in the Southeast, mainly, mainly Florida locations, but then we had, you know, Denver, South Carolina, Nashville, um, other areas. So, but we, we saw when they were coming into our locations, like Grubhub and DoorDash and saying, okay, we're going to do this for free for a year, you know, losing money hand over fist just to gain market share. We knew we couldn't compete. So we, we pivoted, joined forces with another company that was similar in size to us called Bite Squad out of Minneapolis, raised some funding, started buying smaller uh, operations, smaller than ourselves to grow. And we got big enough to get on the radar of a company called Waiter Holdings out of Louisiana, which is run by Tillman Fertitta. And they bought us for $320 million in 2019 was the combined total that they bought us for. So it's quite a jump from doorstop delivery to Moore's Momentum and the focus on the five cores that you have. What was the, the thought process when you came out of doorstop delivery? You, you had sold. Was it something that had been brewing in your mind to develop this, this program? Or was it a... a, a a lucky accident, if you like. Oh, it's, this had been brewing. So yeah, going back further to when uh, college, I was your typical victim, sure that life was out to get me. I was actually suicidal in college. I won't go into all the details of my childhood. My parents were divorced. My mom was an alcoholic with a temper problem. So there was verbal, physical abuse. Um, so I, we moved around a lot. By the time I got to college, I was your typical victim that just said, you know what? what's the point here? And, and I was very close to just ending it all. And I serendipitously discovered a book at that time. One of my professors uh, who I idolized, I threw myself into studies because I didn't really have any friends said, you know what? I read this book called how to win friends and influence people when I was just a wee lad and it changed my life. Anyway, so back to what I was saying and I like paused everything, wrote it down, didn't think about anything else until class was over, ran straight to the library. And fortunately they had it. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie written probably yes. 80 years ago, 70 years ago, and still holds up as one of my favorite all time books that I've ever read. I devoured it. And it, what I saw was for the first time I could see light at the end of the tunnel, that there was hope, that there was another way to look at life and that there was these principles. And if I could use them, I could maybe change, change my life. And so I kind of really dedicated. I basically committed to reinventing myself right then and there. I was like, it's either death or <laughs> do that. So I just became this insatiable self-help beast. And I read everything I could get my hands on. I was using myself as a human science experiment, taking notes, noting what worked, what didn't just writing down all these universal principles. And I'm like, yes, this works. I need to do this and gaining confidence every step of the way. Cause I'm like, okay, well, this is, I've read this now four different times by four different people in different ways. This is the principle, the, the base principle behind it. I'm going to use that. And I know that it works. And so I would have confidence in doing it. And it was really neat to see. And so things didn't happen overnight, but then flash forward, you know, 25 years later. And now I've been using these principles. I never stopped growing and learning. I've always been, you know, reading books. You see my shelf right now, you'd, you'd laugh how many books I've, I've got, but I essentially became successful, I think in the business world. And I use success in quotes because of, not in spite of the fact that I was also paying attention to these other areas that I, I, I learned early on were super important, which are these yes. 
I've now come to call these five cores. I didn't know it then, but your physical health, your mindset, your career and your finances, your relationships, and your emotional health and giving back. These are the five main areas that we all need to continue to grow and build traction and momentum in if we want to be our happiest selves. And so I think because I was doing that, I was able to be successful in business. And then as soon as I sold my business, what I already knew to be true, sure enough, came true, which was, okay, now what? It wasn't, okay, great. Let's go sit on a beach and, and drink a pina colada. I got all my money now. No, it was like, okay, now, now how do I keep growing? How do I, cause that's happiness is growth. It's movement, it's growth, it's momentum. And so I just decided I want to help people that struggled or are struggling the way, same way that I did and um, help them to figure things out earlier on to, so that they don't have to take the long way like I did. Before we come on to the to sort of the principles of the five cores themselves, was there, I mean, Dale Carnegie's book is a seminal book. It's a very, very famous book, but was there a phrase within that book? Was there a light bulb moment, if you like, where you thought, yeah. you know, actually this is the thing I've had a, a tough childhood. I've considered suicide, but actually this phrase has transformed or has started the process of transforming my thinking. Yeah, I, the, the, the basic gist, it's, it was the basic gist of the book. I, I don't know if it was an actual phrase, but as soon as it hit me, what the book was about, which is essentially, if, for those who haven't read it, just make other people feel special and important. Take the focus off yourself and you will never have any problems in life with people. Your relationships, you, you will always have great friends you will always have uh, great allies in business. You, you know, you, you'll, people just, the, at the end of the day, the number one thing they care about themselves, you know, it's just, it's in our nature, is ourselves. And so if you can make them feel important and special, and at first I kind of had to fake it till I make it, because I was so used to focusing on myself, right? Like we all, like, especially that victim mentality I, I developed was like, oh, it's all about me. They all think I'm this, they're all thinking I'm that. And then once I started projecting out and I had to force myself to do it, but then I genuinely started becoming interested in people and then I could see how they reacted and how it, it lit up their life. And then they would get generally interested in me. And then my relationships just started to explode. I went from like zero friends to by the time I finished college, I was the pledge president. I had a lot of friends and, and had a, had a great couple romantic girlfriend relationships. So that, that was a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. So tell me the, talk me through the process and in, in terms of how you came to, define and then I guess refine into five cores how did you decide that those were the the five core elements of life that we needed to we needed to work on so when I sold my company and, and I decided that this is what I wanted to do for a living um, I'd been kind of already I'd already been working as I said I was a crazy note taker using myself as a science experiment I mean I had like bibles worth of notes and I was very intimidating and overwhelmed and I knew that I needed to organize it all into a simple structure and format that was digestible that people could kind of easily understand and grasp. And so I really, I, it took me a while. I, I spent probably six months just really diving into like, how can I just simplify it all? And then it, it came down to when I looked at everything, these five, there's these, these five main areas, these five cores, they cover it all. Like there's nothing I'm missing. Like, like I said, I've read so many books and and there's so many things I, I would be hard. I shouldn't say that, but I would be hard pressed to have somebody go, oh, you missed something, right? And so to me, it's like your mindset, which is making sure your, your brain is working for instead of against you to help you build confidence, to help you, 
you know, give fear the finger, to fail forward, to say obstacles are temporary roadblocks waiting for solutions and I'm going to make it no matter what type of mindset, right? Um, your career and your finances, you know, I read tons of books on that, um, on, on career. But then at the end of the day, I realized how important it is to combine the, what you love and what you're good at and the giving back portion of it. It's not, it's not, it's not enough to just make a ton of money being a scumbag and doing something that you hate. Um, and then the money portion of it, the, the compounding interest, luckily I learned about stocks and real estate early on and, and how to make that work for you. And so like, I haven't had to do, you know, even if I didn't do all the things I did and sell my business for all this money, I actually had a backup already mm-hmm. that I was building wealth with through real estate and rentals and, and stocks. Uh, then the relationships part, you know, I mean, you can't go anywhere in life without having good relationships. And, um, and now I'm happily married. I have two wonderful young boys, a four and a half and a a two-year-old and uh, a great group of friends and you know and then you got your physical health which is pretty self-explanatory you know your mind and your brain are connected or your body and your brain excuse me and if you don't have that physical health going the, the what you're eating getting your body moving stimulating um getting enough sleep all these types of things you're going to find yourself in trouble and then the emotional health giving back core which is you know not getting caught up in the minutia and the details and dwelling on things that happen that, that are bad. We, we tend to dwell. It's in our nature, right? Like something bad happened. And, and instead of like saying, okay, that sucked. I'll just take a moment to let that sink in. What did I learn from it? And how can I move forward? You know, we tend to just get so caught up. And so if you can train your brain and again, all this stuff ties to habits. That's what I I determined. It all rotates around your habits In each of these cores, we all have habits. And so it's like for, for this emotional health one, if you can train your brain to catch yourself when you start to have one of those dwelling thoughts, or you're starting to think about, you know, the test that you got a, a B on instead of an A or, or, you know, the deal that fell through versus like switching to, okay, how can I, how can I improve moving forward? How can I make sure it doesn't happen again? And that is the difference. That is such a huge difference in people that are quote unquote successful versus people that, you know, aren't. And I call it, I basically break it into two categories. You're either a fixed victim, I call it, or you're a growth owner. And then the giving back portion of that last core, that's simply, you know, making sure that the world is better place for having you in it that you're leaving a legacy that the world, you know, says, Hey man, thanks for being in. Thanks for being here. You helped us out a lot and you helped mankind versus good riddance. (laughs) (laughs) On your website and you talk about the overview to the, to the five cores and you talk about the, the science and the technology and the psychology that sits behind it. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that just to understand what the foundations of the methodology are and what you've brought in. I know you've done a lot of research, as you said yourself as well, but what are those, I guess, firm foundations upon which the methodology is built? Uh, so for the cores, for the technology side, just for well, all for the, so, for the, yeah, I mean, the science and the, and the psychology that sits behind yeah, the cores so, themselves. So, yeah. yeah. Let's get into one of the things that I'm, I'm proud of, of how I'm doing this is I'm not just one of these people out there going, Hey, you should use principles. You should, you should, you know, you should do this and it'll really help your life. There's just too many of those types of people out there. And it, because like I said earlier, it's all about habits. If you just read something on Instagram, like an inspirational post, or even if you're able to read a whole book, which these days, not many people are right. Chances are you're gonna, it's all going to be gone within a week yep. or 
if not sooner. Because if you don't actually have a system to start taking those actions and putting them into, into a routine where it's like your brain's like, okay, we got this now. Because habits don't care if they're working for or against us. They don't care if they're good or bad. They're going to yeah. do their thing over time no matter what, right? And so if you've got, well, I call them failure versus success habits. If you've got a failure habit in each in each of one of these cores, so let's say, um, let's just use an obvious one, physical health. When you're a failure habit is that you're, you just, you started getting into your business and you're starting a business and it's been all of a sudden you blink and it's been two months since you've worked out, since you've gotten your body really moving. It's like, okay, so that's a, you've identified that's a failure habit. And that's something I help people do is I, 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 we put a big spotlight in each of your cores and we say, okay, we, we actually do it. It's, it's called a back to the future exercise. You flash forward to your funeral and you say, what do you want set at your funeral in each of these cores? And that just immediately helps people to go, oh shit. And it's like, okay, are you there? Are you on track with the habits that you have? No. What are the failure ones that are preventing you from getting there? And what are the success ones we need to replace that with, right? So a success one would be, you know, and you, and you always want to start small because if you try to go too big too soon, you, it's just the, the way the human brain works. You're going to give up and, and get fed up and say, ah, oh, this is too much. So you want to just say, okay, one day a week, I'm going to get my body moving for 15 minutes, right? And then that becomes a habit. And, and then, you know, two days, then three days, whatever. And so you start building in little increments around these habits that start to, what ends up happening is you get out of what I call your failure loop, which is when you're, you're not taking a lot of action and you're having negative results and then you feel worse about yourself and your mindset's not fun. Mm -hmm. And then you want to take less action, right? And so you become real stagnant versus your success loop, which you, you're stepping into when you start to do this, which is, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of action. I'm going to have a little bit of success. That little bit of success is going to make me feel better. It's going to give me energy to then want to take more action and then so on and so forth. And they all play off of each other. They ripple off one another. Your habits start you know, you start developing good habits in your physical health, all of a sudden you want to start developing good habits in your relationship and so on and so forth. And it just kind of springboards. But again, the key is to start small and to have a system. And that's what I've created. I started with my own system years ago. It started with Ben Franklin's uh, 13 virtues was kind of like the, the impetus of it. Uh, I created a, a little sheet across the top that said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then along the spine and had the habits I wanted to develop. That then developed into a Word document, then an Excel sheet. And now I'm proud to announce in the next couple of months, I'm gamifying all this by making it fun and addictive into an app so that you yeah. can actually, when you're leveling up on screen, you also level up in real life. Yeah. Is there a priority area in terms of the five cores? So are they totally inter interdependent or do the majority of them rely on one to succeed first? Or how is the relationship between them? Good question. So mindset is the most important of all the cores. Um, and probably where you want to sort of check first, I have a little quiz on my website that sort of says, where do you stand in each core? And there's some questions that you can take to sort of understand, okay, in general, I'm either doing pretty good in this core or I'm doing pretty lousy. I need to start there. But mindset is the one that kind of binds them all together. Because again, it goes back to that growth owner versus fixed victim. I've got everything in with in me to, to kick ass, take names, become bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter every single day. I just got to keep taking action and moving forward. And if you can start to get that one moving for you, then the other ones, in my opinion, become a lot incrementally easier, right? Yeah. Then it's easier to build your physical health. It's easier to build your relationship. But they, they all do tie together, as I mentioned, in terms of if you start to improve one, 
it's going to have ripple effects on the others. But at the end of the day, the key is you got to find balance in all five, because if you just focus on your career and your finances, if you just focus on your physical health, like you're a gym rat and all you do is work out all this, but at the expense of your, 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 your career, your finances, your, your relationship, right. You got to kind of find a way to have balance. And I'm, I call it firing on all cylinders when you've got all five cores going for you and you're building momentum in each. Um, that's not to say every single day you need to hit every core, but it's in general and it's an algorithm and it's, it's part of the app that I've created. You're going to have your momentum score where it makes sure that you're not getting too far away. Like, Hey, when's the last time you spent time with a friend? You know, I, have you been, been, been making proactive efforts to, to compliment your wife, your significant other and tell them how special they are. These types of things, like it's so easy to forget. And, and before you know it, it's like, Oh shit, my relationship is deteriorating with my significant other. And it's like, why? Because I've got all these failure habits that I'm not paying attention to. So that's the Are there, And I think it's always challenging in an area like this, but are there tangible success metrics? You know, someone who embraces this methodology, how do they, I guess, how do they know that it's working? Is it a feeling? Is it a, is it a set of metrics? What, what's the sort of the milestones along the, along the way? Uh, well, so in the app, there'll be, you know, there'll be actually like, you'll, you'll, you're, you're this rocket ship and you're going to have these, these different cores or the cylinders of your engine. And to, you got to gain a little bit of momentum by, by starting to develop the right habits and eliminating the wrong ones. And then you get, you, you start to lift off the ground then you get to your first planet. Then you get to your next, you get out of the, your next planet and the next solar system and the next galaxy. And you start meeting these little aliens and you get to level up your ship. And so it's very, that's why it's like, it'll be very, it'll be visual. And I'm actually trying to visualize because momentum is not one of those things you can see here, feel or touch, but we all know it's there. So I'm trying to like make that visuals to connect people because yeah. that we're a visual society culture now. Right. Um, but, but if you don't use the app and, and the way I've been doing, you just start noticing the changes, right? It's just like, you have more energy, you're smiling more, you catch yourself whistling more, you know, you're just becoming a happier person as you're starting to sort of level up your life. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Like, that's what we're here for. And we tend to get sidetracked and think it's about money or fame or power or likes on Instagram. It's like, no, that stuff doesn't actually make you happy. Right. You, those are these little short dopamine hits that you'll get. But happiness is something that as i said earlier the key that i've found is that if you just keep moving if you have goals and you're constantly working and growing towards something that's what happiness is and you got to enjoy the journey along the ride so many people think oh you know if only if i could just get this if i could just have a million dollars if i could just have the perfect girlfriend you know just have six pack abs everything would be fine and i'd be happy it's like no that's not how it works e -e right yeah you you i mean interestingly you're the third person in three weeks who's made exactly that point so there must be a there's a movement somewhere about enjoying the journey not just the end destination yep yep yeah, absolutely yeah. um you've obviously gone from real estate as you mentioned and you've run the entrepreneurial v uh, venture now you're doing more's momentum i wanted to get your view on whether you feel entrepreneurs today need a I guess a different set of skills to those they needed in business 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, there's a, you know, many suggest the pace of change has accentuated by the pandemic and probably was speeding up as a result of technology before that. But do we need a different set of skills or, 
or are the same skills the fundamental skills we've always needed in entrepreneurship we just have to adapt to the moment we're in yeah i love that question and my answer would be yes and no and here's why yes uh, so you, you have to adapt to the changing times. The good news is, in my opinion, it's way easier to be an entrepreneur than it was when I started or when my parent and it was way, way easier when I did it than it, my parents and so on and so forth. Technology is evolving to where now, you know, you go on Fiverr, you go on Upwork and one of the key, but then this is the part where it's the same. You got to know what your strengths are. You got to know what you're passionate about, what you love, like what fills your, your soul. Because if you don't have... I call it, uh, I don't call it, I think it was Napoleon Hill coined the phrase, uh, uh, what was it? Something about faith. Desire backed by faith, right. um, which is essentially like, if you don't have something that, that fire in your tummy of like the, whatever business you're creating, whatever you're trying to grow, you're going to fail because it's going to be so hard. There's going to be so many pitfalls. You're going to stumble. You're going to fail. You're going to you're going to, um, you know, you're, and if you are to the point where you're not super jazzed about what you're doing, those things are going to stop you dead in the tracks. But if you have that, like, this is, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not so good at. I'm going to go ahead and outsource that to these other people. Right. And that's why I say technology comes in like Fiverr and Upwork. Like you can do that now. Back in the day, it was like, you had to put an ad out in Craigslist. And then you had to spend, you know, a week going through interviews and people lying to you and telling you, Oh yeah, I'm this and that. Now it's like, you can, you can give them a sample project. Like, Hey, I need to see how you work. Boom. It's like, you start. And so I, my whole team is virtual. Like yes. I've, I've never met any of my team members in person. I've got people all over the world and, and that's awesome. And that's huge. And so I think that that's one of the benefits of becoming an entrepreneur now, but at the core, it still stays the same in terms of you got to have you know, know, know what that is that you want to do. And it's, and you, you'll pivot too. like, you might say, Oh, you know what? I, this is what I really love. This is what I want to do. This is my goal. This is the business I want to build. And you might find along the way, you know what people actually like this better, but it's still within your wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the key to me. Many entrepreneurs today rely on social media and social platforms to build their profile and, and to build their business. Um, and I know when I read, some of the info and, and doing the research for this interview, you believe we're on the precipice of a perhaps a shift away from what you've called the social dilemma, where tech has been used in some respects to make us less happy, um, which I tend to agree with. How, how have you come to this conclusion yourself? And what do you see out there that gives you hope that some balance is coming back into our reliance or over-reliance, if you like, on, on social media? Yeah, I mean, to me that, you know, right, there's there's that documentary called The Social Dilemma. And yeah. that that was, I'd already been heading in that direction. And I saw that and I was just like, yes. So if you haven't seen it and you're listening, go watch that on Netflix. It'll tell you everything you need to know about what we're talking about. But I don't think people like Larry Page and, and Mark Zuckerberg are evil by nature, right? It's not like they're like, mm, let's see how we can screw over the world and make as much money as possible. The cat got let out of the bag. They started these companies. It became bigger than they were. Now they're publicly traded companies. They have to please their shareholders. Every move they make is to make money in the company, not for the wellness of the user, not for the happiness of the user. It's, it's in spite of. And that's the problem. And so that's what I'm trying to change. And I'm trying to start this movement where it's like, okay, look, 
just like good old Stan Lee once said, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And so we have this stuff, but our wisdom hasn't been keeping track with our knowledge, right? Our knowledge has been gaining, but our wisdom as human beings and as a society isn't saying, whoa, 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 maybe we're not using that this morning. So I think we're at a precipice, I hope, and I'm trying to help to, to, to lead that charge of saying, let's start using it responsibly. That's why stuff like my app, it, um, and you know, I, my company, more momentum, I want to be associated with like the Hasbro of well-being, the Hasbro of happiness, right? It's like, it's gamified, it's fun. And we've become a, a, a culture of, you know, this and, and, and games and instant gratification. So let's use that. Like, I'm not going to fight upstream. Let's reduce the friction by using this technology that we're already addicted to, to help us become more happy instead of less. I like the phrase you use in that answer. Our wisdom is not kept up with our knowledge or at least the information that's out there. I wonder whether you feel we've reached a point of almost peak information where there is, we're creating wisdom inertia because there's too much information to consume in any depth. We don't know where to start. We don't know where to stop. We don't know where to turn because everywhere we turn is information that may or may not be applicable to whatever thing we're researching. Have have we got too much information for our capacity to seek wisdom from it? No, I don't, I don't think that's the problem. I, um, I think it's, it's more, there's no checks and balances in, in set up in that, you know, the, the, just like I was talking about earlier with habits and routines, like for so many years, you know, we became a capitalistic society, you know, way back when, you know, and, and it served us well for many years, but then we got in that, we got stuck there. And once we started gaining all this extra stuff that we could actually use to help the planet, to help ourselves, to help our fellow man, we got caught up in the, well, I'm just going to use it for myself to make more money. Right. And so it's, it's not the problem with the information. It's like I was saying with Stanley, it's how you use it. Mm -hmm. And to me, we just need to make people more aware and more shows like the social dilemma more, more things like what I'm doing and, and people basically standing up and raising their hand and screaming at the top of their lungs saying, guys, we have got to start shifting things. And there needs to be, you know, in my opinion, you know, stuff like companies like Google and, um, and social media companies, you know, I, I know this probably isn't a popular belief, but in a perfect world, I would think that I would like it to have regulations in terms of like, they have to have some sort of wellness component to their business and all businesses, not just theirs, but those are the two that stand out that, you know, to me, the fact that teen suicide is at an all time high, especially for teenage girls, primarily because of social media. It's like, really? Like, what else do we need to, to tell us? Like, we're regulating all this stuff in the world. Like, we can't just have a wellness aspect, making sure like, hey, if what you're doing has been proven by science to be hurting people, you need to, you need to shift, shift what you're doing. So in the meantime, I'm just going to keep fighting and building products that do gear around towards wellness. And so what is next um, for you? I mean, obviously you're gamifying the app, um, which will open it up to a, to a whole new range of, um, of audiences, but what, what else is next for the five cores and for more momentum? Lots. Uh, I'm just getting started. You know, I mean, I feel like I'm just getting, just taken off with all this stuff. And so, like I said, I have a whole list of products I want to develop to gamify your, your happiness, your well-being. Um, particularly, you know, I want to get towards the, the, the young generation, either young adults, um, you know, high schoolers, but you know, even if no matter what age you are, it's never too, too late to say, okay, I need to make some changes. But to me, if we're going to like change the momentum of the world, 
you know, it's got to become like, this stuff has to be cool. And that, that's yeah. not even a cool word, but right. It has to be. And that's part of what I'm also trying to do this movement. It's like personal development, self-help needs to become cool. Like a seat at the cool kids table so that when people think about it, when they associate, it still has a stigma. It's way better than when I was a kid. When I started reading books, it was like, what are you reading self-help books? Well, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, is your, is your brain broken? Now I've mentored some kids in college and they go, well, they call me, there's this term called hardo. They call you a hardo or they say, why are you trying so hard? You know, what are you right. hardo? And it's like, I told him next time somebody says that, look them right in the eye and go, why aren't you? Like, why aren't you trying to be the happiest and best version of yourself you can be and reading books and doing these things? Like, what's your problem? Like, yes. that's what needs to shift. Right. And that we're not quite there yet, but I, I, I feel like we can get there with some momentum and it needs to go viral on social media. People need to start wanting to live the five core life. They need to start wanting to build momentum, their happiness, making that the priority. Not right now. The number one thing is looks, beauty, money, fame. Right. And that's always going to be part of our part of our thing. And that's OK to have a little bit of that in there. But if that's like what everybody's spending the majority of their time focusing on, we're never going to evolve as humans. Uh, and or a society and a planet. So just before we go, then we'll have, if people want to lead that five core life, where do they, where do they go? Where do they start? What's the website address? How do they sign up for the program? So my website is moremomentum.com which spelled with my last name, M-O-O-R-E. And there's a, at the top, there's a little life evaluator quiz you can take. I think I mentioned it briefly earlier. Yes. You take that and that'll kind of give you your overall core score. Like, where do you, where do you stand? What do you need to get working on? Uh, then there's an ebook that, that I have that will give you those first steps to start taking. Um, and then you can also go on the gamify your life tab. There's a little, um, there's it talks about the app and you can sign up to become one of the beta users when it's available in the next couple months. And awesome. I also have a five core life instagram page we have over four hundred thousand followers where we're just sharing it's like a good news page we're just sharing good fun like i said you know everything i've been talking about but in instagram well thank you very much for your time today it's been a pleasure thank you so much paul this has been great i really appreciate it thank you for all of you listening today who would like to learn more about will Moore, Moore's momentum and the your five cause methodology please go to moremomentum.com that's m-o-o-r-e momentum.com and you'll also find the links and the notes that accompany this podcast finally if you've enjoyed today's episode please do take a moment to review us or rate us we genuinely appreciate it i'm paul host of the new pnl thank you once again for listening to this bonus episode of this week's deep discussion have a great week and i hope you will join us again next week